Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 1, 2021, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 3, and we're on page 40, the second paragraph. Let him tell you about it. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Lindsay W., for the 12 Traditions, Nancy C., and reading the text are Becca R., Crystal P., and Marge O. The reference number for Sunday, February 28, 2021, is 16,492. That's 16492. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrines. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lindsay W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater from Houston, Texas. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. And a pass. Thank you, Lindsay. Okay, I will now ask Nancy C. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., a grateful compulsive overeater from Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service today. Thank you, Nancy C. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in chapter three page 40, the second paragraph, let him tell you about it. And I will ask Becca R. to begin reading. Hey, good morning. It's Becca R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling in from Kentucky. Let him tell you about it. I was much impressed with what you fellows said about alcoholism, and I frankly did not believe it would be possible for me to drink again. I rather appreciate your ideas about the subtle insanity which precedes the first drink, but I was confident it could not happen to me after what I had learned. I reasoned I was not so far advanced as most of you fellows, that I had been, that I had been usually successful in looking at other personal problems, and that I would therefore be successful where you men failed. I felt I had every right to be self-confident that it would be only a matter of exercising my will, power, and keeping on guard. (laughs) Wow, what a great 
paragraph, um, the thing that really stuck out to me is, you know, he he identifies as, with the subtle insanity that precedes the first drink. Um, yet, and I can relate so much here, the, the cocksureness of, but I got this, I can do this. I can look at other areas where I've been successful. You know, I'm a successful person in uh, my career, in my home, in my family. Um, I can do this. I, I can I can pull myself up from the bootstraps and get it done. But that was not the case for the food with me. Um, I had been licked. Uh, I I am so grateful to to know that the solution is is in the twelve steps and not anywhere humanly possible. It, it is a great freedom knowing that because for so many years. So many mornings, so many Mondays, so many <laughs> first of the month, so many first of the years, I would say, okay, this is it. This is when I'm going to get it together. This is when I'm going to stop doing that thing I do with food. And, um, you know, either by the end of the night or by the end of the week or by the end of the month, you know, I had failed. And I would look around and think, how did I get here again? Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to see what everybody else has to share. I'm grateful to be of service this morning and be with you guys. So I'm going to pass with that. Thanks. Thank you, Becca. Okay. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So if you shared last Thursday or Friday, please hold back until tomorrow or Wednesday um, in order that others might share their experience. Who would like to share on the second paragraph on page 40? Regina F. Yeah, Regina F. Did you hear my name? Adriana. Shannon B. Karen K. Okay, I'm missing a lot of people here. I'm so sorry. So uh, this is who I heard, but I think I may have heard Claire E. in there. So I'm putting her on here. Okay, Tina S., Benita, Adriana, Leah S., Karen K., Claire E., and who who did I miss that has said their name already? Shannon C. Melissa C. Okay, Shannon and Melissa, and we're going to stop there. Okay, that's a great lineup. We have Tina S., Benita, I'm not sure of your initial, Adriana, I think it's C, is in cat, Leah S., Karen K., Claire E, Shannon, I think S, and Melissa C. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks so much, Katie, for your service. Tina S, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow. What a great paragraph. You know, I can remember when I first would start reading this stuff, I, I couldn't relate. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I don't really understand any of this. And, you know, I'm grateful today, you know, through the process and, and the transformation and the studying of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I can really identify. You know, I identify in today. I don't try to compare that I'm not like this. But it so reminds me of the first time I came to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And, you know, I, I'm in another 12-step program. That's just who I am. So I did both things. It's just, I tried to do both things at the same time and you know and and the physical part of this for me you know because I had the opportunity to be among people that were um you know following the food plan staying away from the allergic foods and having um 
instruction and direction in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. But, you know, I love what it talks about at the end. It says, it was just a matter of exercising my willpower and keeping on guard. You know, that's where, you know, what I think I know is going to kill me over and over and over again. You know, because when I think I've, I just love the previous share, when I think I've got this, you know, I've had it. <laughs> but that was my experience, too. I came in, I got the food plan, you know, I lost, you know, I came in at a pretty normal weight anyway, because I'm that, you know, um, binger and restrictor, you know, I'm going to eat everything in sight, then I'm not going to eat nothing. You know, that's just my history. But, you know, when I came in and I was able to eat three meals a day in a snack and, and stay at a normal weight, I was amazed totally amazed just looking at the physical not even thinking about the mental you know and thinking well you know I got the food plan I got this well you know and you know and I cannot cannot forget this you know if I just have a food plan I'm screwed because the problem centers in my mind lack of power is my dilemma not my food you know, I mean, I certainly have to be absent from the alcoholic foods, but what I need is a power greater than myself. I cannot do this on my own. And if I think I can, again, I'm screwed. I cannot, you know, and, um, and I'm just grateful that today I know this today. I choose to, to reach out to a power greater than myself and to stay absent one day at a time and to give this thing away as best that I can. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, now we'll have Vanita followed by Adriana. Hi, this is Vanita L. from Woodstock Recovered Compulsive Overeater. That is super grateful. Um, yes, this is, I have to always keep this in mind, this paragraph, because I don't know how many times you know, I either recovered and then thought, okay, now I can do this on my own or, okay, you know, now I can reintroduce those foods because not till I got to vision actually did anybody um, teach me about entire abstinence as strongly as I've heard it here. And how many times would I, I, I still try to lean out. It's just now I know when I'm seeing myself leaning out, I know that I'm headed for trouble. But, um, yeah, I can say to myself, you know, like, well, I'm not as bad as some of these people who were two or 300 pounds, you know, like, oh, you know, I never ate that type of crap. I was always into health food and staying um, active and stuff. And, you know, it's totally delusional because I've had an eating disorder. Um, I don't know. Some people, I'm sure I was born this way, but it didn't really manifest in my body till I was probably around 20 years old or so. But anyway, I'm super grateful for the reading. I'm super grateful for the ability to participate and to be part of you all. Thanks. Thank you, Vanita. Okay, Adriana C., followed by Leah S. Hi, this is Adriana T. Thank you so much for your service, Katie, and everyone on team. Um, I'm from Michigan, recovered compulsive overeater, and um, I have so many thoughts about this paragraph today, so hopefully I won't sound too scribble-scrabble. But, um, you know, it sounds like for me with Fred that he's doing the I'll sponsor myself program. Or, um, 
I'll kind of take what I like and leave the rest program. And, you know, we see where that got him. And the same was for me. Um, you know, I think there's something to this disease where people tell us things, people that are wiser, who have more time in the program, who know what this, the steps are all about. And then it comes into our brain or my brain, and I translate it into a different thing. Um, when I came in, I heard food plan, um, be on guard like Fred, um, that I just need to buckle down and just stick to this food plan because, you know, I have this disease. And, you know, that's what I heard. But I didn't hear about the spiritual solution, which is everything that is this program, which is my only hope of not only um, staying sober with food, but having a better life and um, living according to God's will, if I'm not being rocketed to the fourth dimension as this program promises, then I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. Not the program's doing something wrong. Not my sponsor's doing something wrong. Not no one understands me. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not expanding my spiritual life. Um, you know, I, I really came in thinking, okay, I'm going to follow all the program and just sprinkle a little God in there. No, that did not work for me. That did not work for me time and time again. I have to be willing to be a constant seeker of God's will, constant expanding my understanding and knowledge of God and growing um, to, you know, continue to serve God and be the good Samaritan every day in every situation. Um, and I didn't understand that in the beginning. I just thought this was something I could add to one little corner of my life. This was, you know, how I was going to get skinny. Not that this was going to be my life. This was going to be the forefront of my life. And so that's kind of, I think, where Fred was. He was kind of like, okay, I'll take what I like, leave the rest, but I got this. And, you know, it just, quite frankly, doesn't work. It didn't work for me. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Adriana. Okay, Leah S., you're up, followed by Karen K. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for making this meeting possible. My name is Leah S., Recovered, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, oh, my goodness. I rather appreciated your ideas about the subtle insanity that precedes the first drink. Fred is really in denial. He is absolutely saying this this didn't bother him. You know, you guys, you guys, I'm very intelligent. You know, what brings me together with all of you, we have one thing in common. I overeat on certain foods that are toxic, toxic to me and my body. And I do harm to myself by that. And I didn't understand it because it is so subtle. The the disease is subtle. The food is subtle because what happens when, when that food goes to my mouth? I taste it and I like it. I like it. And I want more and I want more and I want more. And then I don't know what more means. My mouth is just working all the time. And I'm doing harm to my body. And this is what the subtle disease is. It's only one aspect of it, really one aspect. 
And Fred is saying we all have one thing in common, that I want a drink and I want another drink and I want another drink. So this is my story. This is mine, Leah. And and this is where I have to apply it to myself and where I can identify with you. And um, so I got to be honest with myself and I got to be um, upfront and the action has to start in my mind. With that, I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Karen K., you're up, followed by Claire E. Good morning, Katie, and thank you, everybody, for the service about getting this meeting today. Hi, my name is Karen K., recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. Um, you know, it says earlier in the book about, you know, all I needed to be was just a little self-confident, you know, and that it would just be a matter of exercising my own willpower and keeping on guard. And um, I don't know, for me, lately, the past month or two, people are falling back into the food like snowflakes. Um, it pains me to see it. But I do know that I want to be a part of that 1%. And I have to do, and I want to do, what's prescribed in this text, and to do service, and to be the best sponsor I can be. When I don't think I'm being the best sponsor for somebody, it's time for me to really look at that whole situation to see what is best for that person that I'm working with. Um, it's just the insanity. I had a very dear friend she was only 34 years old, lost her teeth, hurt her esophagus, and died from this disease. This, this disease does not discriminate. This disease is um, cunning, baffling, and powerful. And, you know, Fred's telling us over and over and over again, and I want to be successful in life. Not so much I have arrived, I just need to be at peace with God and peace with others. And it just came to me this morning when I was just on my phone, and which I'm trying to have my phone off until noon, which I have been not quite successful at. You know, people falling into the food like a snowflakes. And um, it's like I, I see how serious that this disease is. And uh, it's it's not a diet club with group support. It's not about the weight. It's never been about the food. It's been about my thinking. And I cannot make people think their way into recovery. I can. I'm not God. I cannot. Do, I. I guess I'm just going to stop with this. All I can do is pray and stay out of the way. Pray and stay out of the way. I'm recovered for Karen, and just be the best example of the big book that I can. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Karen. Okay, Claire E., you're up, followed by Shannon F. Hi there. Thanks, Katie, for hearing me, and uh, thank you for your service. Um, my name's Claire E., I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Uh, great paragraph, really great paragraph, loads of stuff coming into my head. This really reminds me of me, age 18, going into treatment with a ring binder file and a notepad and um, attacking this from a very academic sort of, I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lick this 
I was an intelligent girl. I'd done well at my exams over here, you know, and I was I was I was going to be successful. I think the other thing was that I, I I wasn't really a group person. I didn't really want to be in a group. This sort of delusion that I've had my whole life that I can be self sufficient is, you know, I wanted to take what I needed to take and go. I didn't want to need help. I didn't want to be part of a group. I didn't want to do this on an ongoing basis. I wanted to sort of learn how to do it and do it and get on with my life. And, you know, bless me, I had no idea what I was up against with this illness, you know, and, you know, it's taken me many relapses and a lot of more pain to uh, really understand what this paragraph is talking about. And what I really love here is the ideas about the subtle insanity. It's subtle. You know, this is really, it's like boiling a frog, this one, you know, it's kind of like you don't realise how hot the water is until it's boiling and it's killing me. And, you know, I think my thinking, a lot of it, it's not as obvious as I want to eat chocolate. Oh, no, I mustn't. It's not like that. It's just, I think Ruth, Emma, I think it was her, that talks about sort of seemingly unimportant decisions each day, you know, sort of little bits and pieces that I do that puts myself in a position to be hurt, um, to, to, to think about it, you know, to be restless, irritable, discontent, tired. Um, and then suddenly, you know, the thought comes into my head and I don't care. You know, that's what I say to myself. I don't care. I'll start it. You know, I'll, I'll press the effort button and I'll start again tomorrow. And, you know, what's really changed for me this time around in a way for the last, I don't know, whatever it is, three and a half years, is that understanding that step one is not don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, which is, you know, that keeping on guard and willpower. That's not, that, that's not what it is. You know, step one is it is absolutely inevitable that I will eat. You know, because I have no mental defence against that first thought, I have absolutely no ability to apply my willpower and keeping on guard to this situation. And and thank God that really shifted for me, and I really understood that that I I, that I will eat, I will eat if I don't have a spiritual awakening. And the great news is that I can get that spiritual awakening by working the rest of the twelve steps. Um, and I, just to finish with, I, I remember some sponsor of my past saying the thing that kills more overeaters than anything else is that they are special and different. And it really smacks me. The whole paragraph is that big ego is that I, you know, this is not a surrendered ego here. You know, oh, okay, very nice. Thank you very much. But I'll do it myself. You know, it's I'm still in charge. If I'm in like this paragraph, I'm still in charge. I'm still arranging the lights, the camera, the orchestra. I'm still special and different. And thank God today I don't need to be special and different. I really don't. I can just see one of the other bozos on the bus, as people say. And I will leave it with that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Claire. Okay, Shannon S., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Shannon C. Uh, I guess the initial got a little garbled. Um, but, yeah, this is hey, Shannon thank C. You. Uh, uh-huh. um, recovered from Tennessee. Um, so much has already been said, um, and, and I want to thank everyone for the shares. I'm so grateful for this reading and identifies 100%. Um, I'd, uh, I, I've had this my whole life. Didn't see it, really, really, really see it until uh, well over a year ago. Um, and I had, uh, you know, attempted to to work a food program and, and, and do this thing um, a few years back a couple of times. And uh, But for some reason, I, I couldn't get it. I'd even gotten a, a Vision for You sponsor. I was, I was doing all of the work. I'd gone through the steps and then all this and that. I'd lost the weight whatever. And, uh, physically I felt better than I'd ever felt in my entire life, but my mind was so messed up still. And finally I was like, I cannot, I can't continue. This doesn't feel like freedom to me kind of thing. Um, and 
long story short, I tried different approaches and whatever, and then finally um, could not do it anymore. Um, what it, what I had was the lurk, lurking notions that somehow someday I can control and enjoy my food. Um, I had had a, a God of my understanding in my life that had performed miracles on my behalf, had, had helped me recover in, in another area. Uh, why should this be any different? I hadn't fully conceded to my innermost self that I am this thing, that I am a compulsive eater, and that I had no power. Like someone else had said, I, it was inevitable that I would eat again. I, I could not uh, see that until I really saw it. Um, and all of the methods I had tried, all of the thinking and all of the work that I had done before, I had to throw it out the window and I got on my knees and begged God for help that morning and then got on uh, Vision for You. I had remembered the phone number to where to look to find the phone number and uh, there was a woman sharing her uh, story and I identified with her so much and I I called her as soon as it was over and just so happened that she had a uh, an opening for sponsorship just come open that week and um, I believe my mental obsession lifted when I truly conceded to matter myself that I needed help. And then God provided the person to help me, help guide me through the steps to where I could stay stopped um, from the compulsive eating. And I've, I haven't been the same since. And uh, I, I so hope to be helpful in whatever way I can to any compulsive eater because I know I want to be that person that was there for, for me. You know what I mean? Because um, this is how I get to not only not eat, compulsively and feel better physically I you know all my pain begins to serve a purpose now I get to help avert death and misery for others and that's what it's all about thank you God uh, thank you guys for being here and um, yeah thank God uh, for this program that's all I got thank you so much Shannon C as in cat okay Melissa C you're up and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 40 the second paragraph go ahead Melissa Hey, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. Um, yeah, you know, the, I, this paragraph is so important because it points out um, for me like three different um, methods really that that people, you know, that Fred used, right, to try to lick this thing. And one is like self-confidence, you know, two was the willpower, and three, keeping on guard. And, um, you know, like me, Fred knew he had an allergy, and he, he actually accepted that. It was like he got a part of the step one, um, and he was also told of the subtle insanity that precedes the first drink. And, and I was taught that, too, like there's a little craziness here. But he really thought that knowing about the mental twist would give him protection from the mental twist. And I thought that, too. Like, surely if I know that I have this thing, I could see it coming. And and that he had self-confidence in his own power and, and willpower that he could keep on guard. And, you know, my experience is willpower works, like, beautifully until it just no longer works. And... And what I've known from my own painful experience is I can't predict when it's not going to work anymore. You know, it, I, it's got an expiration date, but it's not like the carton of milk on my fridge. It does, it's not stamped. You know, it's like all of a sudden I don't have the willpower that I just had, and that's when I'm relying on human power, you know. And the other thing that, that 
um, this notion that I can keep on guard, you know, basically, you know, that's putting the wolf in charge of guarding the picnic basket because I'm, I'm my greatest enemy. My thinking is the thing that um, I need protection from myself, so I can't use myself to keep on guard against myself. You know, that that's a really dangerous uh, position to be in, and I've done it. You know, I, I did it. I Years ago, I learned about the allergy of the body, so I just stayed away. And it worked until it didn't work, and I picked something up. Then I came back, and I learned about the mental twist, and I thought, oh, this time, now I got it. And and I picked up the same thing that I had picked up all those years earlier that took me back out again. So I can't rely on knowing that I have a mental twist. I actually... Um, that's a form of self-reliance. I need, I need a different mind. I need, like, another power to come in, seize control over my thinking, and that's what stays on guard, but not me. And um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we're on page 40, the second paragraph. Let him tell you about it. So if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, if you could um, please um, give me the first, your first name and the first initial of your last name. No, Joelle B. from Illinois. Joelle B. Janice Devara Devara S. Okay, Melissa I have Joelle. Yes. Sharon D. Crystal P. Melissa P. Okay. Kathy. If you could just hold, if you could just hold on one second. I'm sorry, my pen. I never seem to be able to write <laughs> very fast for the second round. It's probably because there's twice as many people. <laughs> okay. Joel B. Deborah S. Um, Melissa G. Allison. Allison. I think it was L. I don't know yes. which Allison it was. Okay, L. And Crystal P. So, who did I miss that spoke up? Kathy. Lisa Q. Okay, you're, Sharon. You're just coming in okay, I hear Sharon. There's two others, though. I just couldn't hear you. Kathy M. Kathy M. Okay. Okay, I think Janice I still one. Okay, let's, okay, let's just stop there, please. Thank you so much, mm. everyone. Okay, we have Joel B., Deborah S., Melissa G., I believe, Allison L., Crystal P., Sharon, I'm not sure what your initial is, Kathy M and Janice PM. Hopefully we'll get all of you in, but we may not. So go ahead, please. Um, Joelle B. Good morning. My name is Joelle B. I'm from Illinois and I'm a compulsive overeater. The um the paragraph that we read today, I I couldn't I can really relate to this um when he was impressed with what you fellows said about alcoholism and I drink again. And I, I, I'm also appreciating the ideas about the subtle insanity. And I'm, I'm going over this because I'm so used to not feeling good from eating certain things um, in my life. And especially um, being 73, I just, you know, I'm feeling things a lot, ease, a lot more sensitive to 
different foods that I eat. And since I've been on the program for the last four weeks, I, I feel... I feel it and I know what it is and I didn't want to I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want to say I had an allergy. I didn't believe it. But I'll tell you what, since I've been on the program and trying my best, I do know that it's an allergy because I I do get sick feeling heartburn, acid reflux when I do eat the wrong thing and then I I say it isn't it I am an addict because I say I'll never do that again. Oh my gosh, what did I do? And I, I this has been going on for a long time before OA that I said I won't I will never do this again, but I do it again. And because I'm used to feeling bad and getting sick in my body, I accepted it because I I accepted the um the feeling that I was used to. And now that I've been on the program, I don't feel that way. I don't have those problems. And the fact that I am getting it, I am getting more into my higher power, more into my God, because I can't do this alone. I can't. I tried. And it's so it's so hard for me to... Um, to do it without him and not thinking, you know, okay, I'll grab this, I'll eat this, it'll be okay, I'll take some Tums or Rolaids, I'll be okay. No, it's killing me. I'm a diabetic and it's killing me. And I I thank you so much for your input because I'm I'm getting it. I am really getting it. And I thank everybody for reading and sharing I, every day I say, I'm going to start out good. And then what happens? Not every day do I stay good, but I am really hearing this today and I'm thanking God and everybody else. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Joelle B. And Devorah S. You're up, followed by Melissa G. Hey, good morning, everybody, and thank you, Katie, and everyone on the line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and, boy, I recognize this thinking very, very well because that's how, that's with me. I thought this way. It was really, it's really great to see it in black and white, and, you know, it just screams to me about the ego that I had in, 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 these, in those days of, of thinking that, you know, I got it. I got it. You know, I got a handle on this. Um, and, you know, all I need to do is just, you know, my willpower, you know, and I, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. I got this thing. And um, and I know today it's far from the truth, you know. My stinking thinking is what is what got me, you know, to close to 300 pounds to begin with, you know, and thinking that, you know, tomorrow it's going to be better. Tomorrow I'm going to be good. You know, that's good. I'm, I'm only good. If, I'm a good girl if, I, if I'm if i not eating, right? You know, my thinking was so warped. And, you know, thank you, God, today. You know, being in a recovered state of mind and body, um, you know, when these thoughts, because I can't do anything about my mind. Thank you, God. My mind is God-given. And, 
you know, I I can't like some of these sometimes these thoughts come into my head, honestly. But you know, I recognize it today. Thank you, God. I recognize it today, and I'm not taking those actions. And when I do these these things come up, I have the tools to work with, and I work these steps to relieve my thinking, my thinking, thinking. And maybe it's not about that. Oh, I want to take, I want to eat something. You know, maybe my thoughts are not running off. I'll be able to handle it this time, the food. But maybe my thoughts are running to, well, you know what? I'm just not good enough. Nobody wants to hear me out there. Or, you know, what's the use? You know, like, you know, it's, uh, you know, I know everything, you know, the the thinking to be, I know everything, you know, and, and, and those are thoughts that are really, you know, can get me can get me down and I just have to keep remembering, you know, that God has me and uh, he knows what's best for me. And I am a I'm a child of his and I'm good no matter what. Right? Um and so each day I have opportunities today to live in the truth. Um and I don't have to have my I don't have to have my mind guide me um and take over. Um, but yet, I, I could I could live in the truth and let God lead me and to be where He wants me to be today. Um, you know, this paragraph this paragraph certainly reminds me of the insanity, you know, why I ate and and thinking that I had this thing under control. I had no control, absolutely no control. And you know, and if that was the case, why am I why why am I why aren't I doing that today? because I had to realize how desperate and dying I was, you know, coming into this program um, and, and really surrendering to, to the steps here and to this way of life. Because those days when I was I thinking mean. like that, it wasn't getting me anywhere. Um, and today, you know, I'll pass. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Deborah. Okay, Melissa G., you're up, followed by Allison L. Hi, um, this is Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, I think it's been long enough since I shared last. If it's not, I apologize. I'm almost positive it is. So, um, but yeah, so this paragraph really hit home to me today. Um, I can honestly say today I feel, feel neutral around the food, which is something that honestly I didn't really think was going to be possible for me. Um, and I looked at everybody else you know, in program, and I was much impressed. I was impressed to hear the serenity in people's voices and to hear that people have been a part of this program for 30-plus years and to hear, you know, how miracles have happened and how they're able to go through difficult times and not pick up the food. And I, too, I thought that was enough. I thought, okay, yep, and then, you know, I I lost some weight and I felt good and I, you know, I felt quote unquote recovered. Um, And I thought for sure, you know, surely my willpower, surely my knowledge um, would keep me from picking up again. But, you know, it didn't. And, um, you know, I can replace my um, exercising my willpower and keeping on guard. You know, I can replace it with things like, um, you know, I will mindful eat. I will just eat like normal people. Because um, I still, I just have that opinion that, you know, or that delusion that maybe I could do it again. Um, 
but yeah, so again, I'm, I'm getting ready to sponsor. Um, you know, I can say I feel recovered as of this minute, but I know um, my experience tells me that this is when I really need to step up um, my work and my contact with God because very quickly I can go back into feeling okay. I feel okay. I feel like maybe I can handle this. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. This, every time I read something in here and it just hits home to me, I just, I feel like it's God coming down and giving me like a little pat on the back or a hug and saying, here you go. Just a reminder, you know, you're not all that, but I am. So just lean into me. Um, so, yeah, I hope you all have a great day. Happy March 1st. And um, let's make today great. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Melissa G. Allison L., you're up, followed by Crystal P. Thank you. Good morning. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. What really struck me this morning was when he says he had been successful in looking at other problems. And, you know, I thought that, too. Um, but my perspective, this shift this morning is, says who, you know, says who that I was successful in looking at my other problems. I mean, my idea of success was avoiding pain, fear, and uncertainty. That was, that was not necessarily success. That was survival. Um, it may have appeared successful to me or to other people looking at me from the outside. But the inside of me, you know, I could only relax and be happier, you know, um, and that was dependent on circumstances, my appearance, and everyone around me doing what made me feel safe. And that's not what I recognize as success today or even as truly living my life today. Um, you know, today I can relax and take it easy. I can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of anyone or anything. You know, I have a higher power that I can rely upon. And that's such a deep breath of freedom that I could not experience until I experienced the spiritual awakening um, through entire abstinence and working the steps that lifted the mental obsession. Um, and, you know, at some point in my OA career, I had to admit that my future was headed to all the places I said I'd never go. Um, all the lines I thought I'd never cross that I heard other people in the room sharing, you know, I said I'd never be over 200 pounds and I had. What was to stop me from, you know, progressing to being over 300 when I said I'd never get there? Um, you know, I said I'd never purge once I had children and I did. What was to keep me from doing that more and more? You know, I could hear the stories of others and their bottoms and um, I could choose to know I was headed there and not have to experience it myself and let that inform my desperation, inform my hopelessness so that I would be willing to go to any lengths. And I continue to be willing to go to any lengths as I hear and am reminded of the places that the disease can take me and what the alternative life is because um, I'm experiencing it now day by day. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Allison. Okay, now we'll have Crystal P. followed by Sharon. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. I can, I can relate so much to Fred. In fact, Fred is such a big part of the reason I'm alive today. Um, just like Fred, I came in and intellectually this all made sense. I don't have a, you know, my willpower doesn't work. You know, I have to, I have to find another power. I can't do this myself. But all of this was in my head. And it just hadn't gotten to my heart. And I could not get it to my heart 
And I realize now only food and life could make that happen. But I remember the exact moment that it went from my head to my heart. It was on February 6th, 2018. I came into work. I had my abstinent meal in my bag. And just for that one day, it turned out I had to work from a different, um, a different work building. And that work building had a different restaurant that I loved the food at. And the thought came to me, you know what would be really nice? Is uh, you could get a croissant sandwich from here. I mean, you never work here. You know, this is just the one day. You can always eat your abstinent meal tomorrow. What's the big deal? And what's so crazy was, not that I had that thought, not the fact that I've, I've been abstinent for 60 days and I was willing to throw that all away because I'm working from a different building today, but that it never occurred to me that there's something wrong with this thought or that I have to actually consider this seriously as to whether I'm going to do this or not. It was like I was deciding between should I wear a pink sweater or a green sweater today. And just that day, it just happened that I chose to eat my afternoon meal. There was absolute, like it could have gone either way. It was 50-50. And that really scared me. You know, the, the thought made no sense. I believed it without a fight because I didn't even realize there was anything that needed fighting. And that day, you know, that really shook me, the fact, like when I was thinking about it afterwards, later in the day, it was like, wow, there was no forethought at all. And then I went to my meeting that night, and someone at that meeting told me about their real friend, Fred, who had, who had died in this disease. And they said, you know, AAs really take their disease seriously because they know they can pick up a drink, get in a car, and die that night. But as an OA, I don't realize if I pick up a cheesecake, I may never put it down again. And in that moment, it clicked. It went from my head to my heart, and I realized that if I ever picked up a a Baconator from Wendy's or Baskin Robbins, even one bite, I may never put it down again, and I will die. And I I remember being so scared and and getting onto the subway and saying, God, please, please just remember this for me. My mind is so crazy. I will forget this by the time I get to my train. Please hold on to this. And I got to my, um, my finally I got off the train. I got on the bus where I could sit down and think. And, and I took out my phone and I just, I just started writing. And I was just like, I get it now, God. I finally get it. Please don't ever let me forget this. I don't want to die. I have a fatal disease. If you don't remove it, I will die. End of story because I will forget it and I will not even realize that there's something to remember. And I'm so grateful today that I don't take my, my recovery or absence lightly. I know that this is a fatal disease. And I come back to that moment on step six every single day when I don't want to do something in this program. And I'm so grateful to be alive today. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Crystal. Okay, Sharon, you're up, followed by Kathy M. Good morning. My initial is B, as in butterfly. And, um, wow, like so many people before me, I, this paragraph is pivotal to my recovery. Why? It talks about self-confidence. It talks about lack of power. It talks about self-sufficiency, which is the word that I use often. Um, I'm going to kind of go off on the side a little bit and tell you the degree of action that I have to put in my program of recovery. This is a program of solutions. Um, And this paragraph can easily point me in the past of what I used to do. 
you know, yes, of course, I relate to Fred. Um, and I relate to his insistence on who he thought he was. That's all the past I'm going to talk about, though. But, and one other thing, I used to be bullied as a child. And one of the things I used to hear all the time was, how thick are you? And today as an adult, I get to know just how thick my brain really is. This is how thick it is. Um, the actions that I do today in my program of recovery actually have nothing to do with the food. And because I don't focus on the food, my higher power takes care of the food. Somehow, miraculously, I get to know what's appropriate for me because of all the other actions that I have to. Like my life depends on it. Put in front of the food. I can't get out of my bed until I pray my first prayer. I can't swing my legs around my bed and recite my prayer until I say the word God or higher power or great spirit or Hashem. Can't, can't do anything. Can't even leave my bedroom to take care of normal stuff until I say that first word because without it, I don't get that daily reprieve. I'm still that crazy person that walked into the rooms of OA two decades ago. Time you know, time. when I'm blessed, is that it? That's it. That's three minutes. Awesome. Thank you for letting me share. <laughs> okay, thank you. And Kathy M., you have two minutes. And then I'm sorry, but Janice P.M., if you could... Stick around for the second hour. Hi, this is Kathy Ann, compulsive recovered overeater from uh, Massachusetts. And uh, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, um, I can identify with Fred. You know, Fred was confident. Fred said it wasn't going to happen to him. Um, you know, uh, I, had, I had conquered other problems. I have, I have time in uh, another program, and I've been working that program. My life is pretty good, pretty good, you know, about... Five years ago after uh, the, the last, um, you know, uh, paid-for diet didn't work and, and I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't sum up that intestinal fortitude to stay on the diet again, I, I finally uh, followed one of my friends into an OA meeting and, and, um, and, I, and I did step one. And that's about as far as I went for about five years because uh, I was still running the show. I was still, still doing things the way I, I, I thought. I thought would happen, you know, and, and, and the bad news is, is, is that I lost weight, you know, and, and um, that just reassured me that I was in control. And um, about a year ago, I, I started listening to this meeting and, and realized that, um, you know, the words half measures avail me nothing kept coming up all the time and hitting me in the, in the butt. And, and uh, finally, I, ooh, finally, I had to surrender. And, um, and here I am, um, you know, about, about three, three months uh, recovered and, um, and my life is good. And thank you for uh, thank you for taking my call. Have a great day, Pat. Are you there? Okay. Well, thanks. 
Thank you so much. Um, and thank you to everyone who helped to make this meeting possible. Um, so we please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, March 1st, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,494. That's 16494. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Crystal P please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Star one, Crystal. Crystal, Hello? we can't can hear me? you. Now we can, can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Good morning, Crystal P. Compuls uh, recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>